Hi, this is Joel Boggess, one half of the Relaunch team, and you are listening to the Bob Nolly of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Nice. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming over. Good to see you. Come on up here. Have a seat. How are things with you all? Are you taking care of one another? Of course you are. Alex? Hey there. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. It's going great. We're heading into the, you know, it may be, it's going to be after this when people hear this, but uh, the 4th of July is coming. I'm feeling particularly independent. <laughs> How about you? Um, you know, I wish I could be more independent. Is, aren't all of our wildest dreams to freelance and be our own boss? That's right. Own, yes, we are. You know, there's a, businesses and and do all that. I'm not quite there yet, but I'll I'll get there. There's a uh, there's a guy in the neighborhood here, and he's a listener, so I hope he hears this. And I'll give him a shout out, Ray Ferguson. That in the in the in the early dawn hours or the middle of the night, which isn't that the same thing before the 4th of July, he comes around the neighborhood and he puts a tiny U S flag in the ground, right by your little mailbox post. Mm-hmm. So you wake up in the morning you look up the street and everybody's got a little flag in front of their house. He does it for the whole neighborhood. It's almost like waiting for Santa Claus, except you don't have to buy a bunch of stuff and wrap you presents. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. So he kind of differentiates himself in doing that. And uh, we've talked about this show. Orange is the New Black. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if you're not watching this, you know, find a way. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's it's different. It's so different. It's so funny. I love it. So I found this article called uh, Mediocre is the New Black. And uh, James Kerr. Maybe he says Carr. We don't know when we have him on. We'll ask him. K-E-R-R, but I'll link him up. Uh, Says businesses are setting performance expectations so low. This really caught my eye. This really caught my eye because people talk about, well, it just made me think, is the golden age of of quality and, and excellent customer service, is that starting to set sail and, you know, as people focused on lower costs? You know, why have we set the bar so low? Uh, and here's the here's the point he makes. You ready? There are some reasons why we've we have been, uh, I shouldn't say we. Uh, yeah, let's get the pronouns straight here. The businesses have become a bit more mediocre. And uh he says it takes a lot of energy to make things better. <laughs> Holy cow, this is gonna be as depressing as talking about stress. No, it won't be stopped. It takes a lot of energy to make things better. That's very despondent. But here's another thing. You want to be liked. You want to be liked. Oh, don't we all? Isn't that sweet? So we'll put up with substandard performance or delivery or something on our team because we want to be liked. Yikes. 
And then people won't bring stuff forward to us as leaders because they don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. And what if you're in a business line? What if you're in a brand that, uh, what's the best way to put this? I was going to try to paraphrase, but it attracts less ambitious people. Let's just say perhaps you're not selling a luxury item. Right. Now. Yeah, go ahead. To attract a less ambitious person. I mean, you know, you, no one wants to hire the less ambitious person. So really, you have to think, are you making that less ambitious person or did you hire that less ambitious person? I just, uh. Well, when he says your brand reputation tracks less ambitious people, I, well, you know, that may be, I'm thinking, you know what the big driver is of the internet now? You know why the internet is where it is today in terms of the level of technology and, and the use of broadband and all the slick, cool technology that delivers Mm -hmm. stuff to us like great information and pictures of puppies and things like that. A lot of people make the case. It's, it's the porn industry. Okay. All right. I follow you. Keep going. So if you're, if you're in the porn industry, perhaps you're the the level of your, your clientele or the people you're attracting to work there. Maybe, you know, they're not caring just how crisp the website looks. I don't know. I may be going down the wrong path here. But that's that's a point he well, makes. I, but the truth is, is that a provo- a provocative brand sells. You, you know, so anything that is uh, provocative, controversial, um, cutting edge, um, rare, uh, it, it's going to go faster than um, I don't know uh, somebody on the side of the road selling bananas. You know, we, we, yeah, bananas aren't local here but you can get them basically anywhere you go you can't get porn everywhere that you go so i mean i i do i do see what you're saying there is that you know industry will be kind of driven by um demand absolutely i mean what's well, that's the first law of business you know is the is the supply and demand um but i do think that you know to go back to that brand reputation and attracting less ambitious people, I really think that no one would go out of their way to um, attract a, a less ambitious employee. I don't think they would go out of their way to hire a less am- ambitious employee, but I do think that that less ambitious employee can be manufactured by their own company. Yeah, you can. I mean, if you, if you are in a business that is just a commodity and you as a business owner are competing on price and you're going to do whatever you can to keep price down, including the quality of the product, one lever you have to pull is pay less. So if you have the brand reputation of being a value line, whatever the product is, let's say it's shoes for that matter. And you're going to sell choose, make and sell choose shoes cheaply. Then the people, what you're going to be able to pay the people to work for you, perhaps in sales, not in the, not in the manufacturer again, you're not going to pay them as much and you'll put up with stuff because 
you're getting what you pay for. Does that right. make sense? Yes, yes. Okay. Here's another point. Boy, should if I'm going to open this can of worms, well, I've already talked about porn. I might as well open this can of worms. Yeah, let's just really go for it. To the <laughs> stress. You know, this is the special 4th of July edition of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Yeah, right. Independence, we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I'm looking um, up the street. I don't see the flags yet. Yeah. The heartbeat of America. <laughs> um, so, uh, and you know, we don't want to be uh, uh, provocative or controversial, but isn't that what sells? That's what I just said. So yeah, that's up. it. You're, you're right um, on it. Yeah. Let's, let's dive in. Lots of folks would say that, uh, or there's a segment, perhaps a political segment, maybe that the sense of entitlement in the country has, uh, has made us ease our expectations. Oof. Oof is right. Nobody wants, I mean, you don't, everything is handed to us. Seriously. Right. I mean, think about it. You don't even have to read a newspaper to get your news anymore because you will get, you can walk to work. Well, I'm, I'm in New York, so this is a little bit different, but I can walk to work not looking for news and news will literally smack me in the face. I'm not joking because one of those uh, newspaper hawkers really did hit me in the face of the newspaper one day. Like oh. one of the timeout New Yorks, you know, you will just, I mean, information is just flooding at you from, from every, from every Avenue, you know? So yeah, we have a lowered, uh, we have lowered expectations and a sense of entitlement, because we really don't have to work that hard for anything, you know, and it, it does, it leads to this mediocrity. It leads to a less ambitious person. You know, if you're applying for jobs or something, you're not going out and pounding pavement anymore. You're like hitting one button on the internet. Yep. That, that's a great point. You know, I've had the opportunity to work with some people and I don't, I'm certainly not going to start talking about my clients here on the air, but one thing that I've done every so often is help people in their job searches because either they haven't been in a search for a long time. So their stuff isn't brushed up and fresh and, and the steps they need to be taking may, you know, not be familiar to them. And I like working with those folks and, you know, I don't, I don't work with them, you know, for the money because they're not working. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it out of their hide and, you know, helping them get back on track. That's not the whole point. But I, I did run into somebody that wanted me to help them find a way to get money quick. Mm -hmm. And I know they're not listening. So <laughs> they just want, so, and it was just like, help me, you know, go get, uh, you know, compensation from the state because they were jobless. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what do you, what do you change? So I tried to drive the conversation about talking to them about, well, what are your opportunities to find work now? What what do you do? What do you like? What have you done in the past that they didn't want to they didn't want to engage in that conversation at all? And so when I read this note about a sense of entitlement in our society, well, I went, oh, that's an example of that. Yeah. So, uh, oh my, that's that is kind of depressing. Oh, and listen to this. So, why Stop is the bar set so low? Again. Go ahead. So, <laughs> you two are fairly average. You two are fairly average. He argues. Well, you know, yes, I am, Bob, but it's, it's not my fault. There's, it's not my fault. That's right. We are not fairly <laughs> average and our listeners aren't average either. But, <laughs> but if you're a business owner, it would be easy to get in your comfort zone. It would be easy to get in your comfort zone. I have this whole concept. It's not a new concept, but it's a phrase I use called a crisis of confidence. Mm -hmm. So when you realize that 
a change needs to be made or something needs to be done, but you don't quite know what that is yet, you don't act. You're kind of locked up. You're worried about making the wrong decision because you're on a bit of a down tick and the wrong decision will put you on a more steep down tick. And you're, you're in a tough spot. So even if you're not in your comfort zone, you recognize, you feel at least that not making the decision is a low risk alternative. Well, that's, you know, that's the wrong thing. I think episode one, if not episode zero, I talked about a mantra, choose up and choose often. Make good choices. Look for opportunities to make good choices, to choose upward and do that as often as you can. Sitting in your comfort zone is not part of doing that. Now, all of us would love to have businesses that make money in spite of themselves, in spite of the bad management, in spite of all the things you do do wrong, in spite of the strategic errors you make, in spite of the tactical blunders, in in spite of your product being deficient, in spite of your prices being way out of line, you still make money hand over fist. You know, well, yeah, we should all love to live that life when we could, you know, just put a little bit of talent on it and make a ton of money. But all of these things, he says, are the reasons why the bar is set so low. We're in a comfort zone. Yeah, it's good. We don't know what the economy's doing. I don't want to hire any new people. I can't borrow any money. Yeah, I don't want to get be a real start being a hard ass with somebody because I want them to like me. Boy, I mean, you know, I know nobody of that nature is listening to this program. Mm-hmm. So I guess the point today is. You know, when you run into people like that, don't let them be the karma suck to, you know, turn you to the dark side. But here's what I would tell these people. When you started that business, you were excited about it and you chased it because the startup effort is substantial. And it almost has an element of romance to it. So think about that. And that vision that you had then at the startup and start rewriting the story again and start telling that story. Start with your employees. Start with the key stakeholders in the business. Because no matter what line of business is, forget, let's just edit the whole porn thing right out. I might just do that anyway. (laughs) But, you know, go, go create a story that, that touches on people's desire to be something, be a part of something big and good. Wouldn't it be great if we did this? Could, wouldn't it be great if we were the, if we were the best shoe manufacturer in the world? Wouldn't it be great if we sold more cars than anybody in the city? I think that that engagement, um, I mean, that really drives the, you know, internal workings of your, of, of your business, you know, and you don't always think about it in that way. You don't think, okay, well, I'm going to engage my employees and have a good relationship with them so that they want to work harder for me. A lot of people just think that, oh, well, I'm in this money making model and my business is going to run itself. I don't need to engage with my employees. And that's where you find this mediocrity. Um, and, and, you know, you find a huge, a huge percentage of the workforce 
is in this kind of mediocre holding pattern? And then, you know, how do you re-engage them? How do you bring mediocre back up to outstanding when it's so much easier to just kind of keep them at that engaged level and keep them kind of above, above water? Yeah, that's a great point. That's a good one. That's a real good one. You're putting in more, um, more time, more energy, which in, you know, in the long run, really, you think, you think about how much money that that is costing you to kind of turn it around when if you can just kind of keep that level of engagement and never have momentum kind of drop below to this mediocrity, you know, it's, you really, you'd see like an upward surge in, in profit, you know, because a, you don't have to shovel yourself out of the dirt and B you have these people that are consistently going to work harder and harder for you. Yeah. Well said, well said. Hey, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) okay so if so if you can't create that vision then i agree with mr kerr that you two are fairly average and you're deep in the deep in the cushy chair of your comfort zone there but if you can spin up the energy create a plan to get better what needs to be done Chunk it, create a project, create a series of steps that need to be done and be clear about it in your own mind, because you're going to have to describe this program, this plan to the people that work for you. And as you put this plan together, remember to think about this, you're going to have to measure whether it's working or not. So what are those measurements? What's the old adage? If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Well, that's certainly the truth here as you're trying to recover. The economy's not chugging along, but it's laboriously on the uptick. You know, the Fed loves slow and steady growth. So don't sit there and say, well, the market, well, the economy. No, it's not going to fall in your lap. So with that given as a constant, what is your plan and how will you measure it? And then turn to the people who at one point you loved because you hired them and reward the results they get. And you don't, don't wait to the finish line. You don't wait to the finish line to have a party. Look for the low hanging fruit. Look for the little wins. Any program. Any project has to have easy little wins right up front because the payback for those things, momentum. So you think, so I have a question. Yes. You in the corner. Now uh, you said, don't save the party for the end. So that means that we should just party all the time, right? No, no, excuse me. And thank you for calling me on that. (laughs) That's good. Okay. Uh, What time does the band start? No, the point I'm making is, When you start an initiative to stop the downtick and make a correction, it's often a cultural shift that's involved. But your plan should have, in the first couple of steps, a couple of easy victories that allow you to say, look what you did, you're making progress, we're going to turn this around. They They should be of note. They should be meaningful. 
but there should be something that either by the size of the incremental change or the time that you give to get that done to show everybody, look, you did it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do it, you've, you've got other issues that I think fall squarely in your lap as you sit there in your comfort zone. But that's what I mean. Celebrate the little victories in the front end. Remember that whole thing? Episode zero again, I'm sure. Commit, perform. Commit, perform. That's the engine you're trying to jumpstart. It's not running now in your business. You're trying to put the jumper cables to it and have it go, commit, perform, perform. And to have it just have a couple of wins on the front side, everybody gets a little bit excited, a little bit more interested. Hey, we can get this done. If you don't, if you can't do that, if you don't know how to do that, there are people that will help you do that. If you don't find the help, if you can't do it yourself, you're going to run yourself out of business. Or somebody's going to come in and buy you for much less than you're worth. And both of those are sad conclusions, I think. Have you ever worked at a place that is gone, has been in that part of the cycle? What the down the the end? Yeah, yeah. Um, not uh, not so much in the communications um realm, uh, but you know I've, I've worked for dying bars and and such and such. But um, yeah, I'm I'm lucky I haven't worked for any uh you know major companies that were kind of um on their downswing, but. You know, it is always funny to see kind of that regrouping happening, um, you know, as soon as the the big boss thinks, oh, you know, this isn't working, looking at the numbers, we're going to try to do these things. And it really is. I mean, you really are shoveling yourself out and you're just sort of like, oh, well, this doesn't feel very comfortable. You know, you can see all these like fleeting efforts and it's just not any place. I mean, your employees don't feel good about that, you know? Yeah. That's it. I, uh, you know... You mentioned a bar. I remember uh, I was sitting in a neighborhood tavern many years ago, and it was, I think I was watching a ball game on a Sunday afternoon, and I was, you know, getting a sandwich or something, and late afternoon, early evening, having dinner. And uh, they tended to close early. And uh, I went there, and I was talking to the bartender, and he checked his watch, and he walked over to the door when the last customer came out. And I was still allowed to be in there. And he threw the bolt and said, we're closed. And everybody went, what time do we open tomorrow? He goes, we're closed forever. Wow. And it got, it got to be a, a very emotional moment for the folks that work there because they had certainly had a little bit of the family vibe going. And I just felt like, you know, I said, well, gee, I'm sorry. And I excused myself because they clearly needed time to grieve or throw dishes and have a drink or whatever. So it was time to get out of there. Folks, you know, the the whole thing is if your business or your team or your department is on that down tick, do something about it. If not, you two are fairly average and you're too deep in the pockets of your cushy chair. Get up, get up. You can do it. That's what we're here for. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to the Labrador Leadership Podcast here in the neighborhood of the 4th of July. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. You need help? Text Labrador to 33444. Take care of one another out there. It's that important. Everybody have a good weekend. See ya.